In one of the most famous passages in the Gospel of John, Jesus encounters a woman at a well. And he begins the conversation by asking a question. He says, can I have a drink of water? But very quickly, he switches things up. And instead of asking for something, he offers this woman something he calls living waters. Now, what's important for us to note is that images in the ancient world contained an enormous amount of information. Literacy in books were not as commonplace as they are today, and so an image was one of the primary means of communication, and an image had the ability to tell an entire story. I mean, when we think about water, we just think about water. I mean, we have cold water, hot water, and carbonated water, but those are just all adjectives to further describe said water. But in the world that Jesus lived, the first century Jewish world, there was two distinct categories of water, two types of water, living water and dead water. So if we want to understand what Jesus is actually offering this woman, and by extension, the world, then we better make sure we know something about water in the first century Jewish context. And if we're going to know what that meant, we better know what that image was all about. So there's living water and dead water. Let's start off with the less preferable of the two waters. Dead water is essentially cistern water. The Hebrew word for cistern is bur, and it could be translated as cistern, well, hole, pit. It could be translated even as prison or dungeon. And you might be asking, why in the world is the translation so flexible? But actually, if you look into it, they're all pretty much saying the same thing. You need to picture a hole in the ground, and the hole could be 10 feet, 20 feet, or 50 feet. The hole would subsequently be plastered with limestone so it can contain and hold water. But oftentimes, more than water, they found other uses. Oftentimes, people were thrown into them to serve as a holding place or a dungeon or a prison. So, for example, Joseph is thrown into a cistern before he is sold into slavery. Jeremiah is thrown into a muddy pit or a muddy cistern. Oftentimes, you see in Jeremiah 41, dead bodies are thrown in them to maybe hide them or discard them. But primarily, they're used to store water. In 2 Chronicles 26, Uzziah builds many cisterns for the people of Israel. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses says that the promised land has many cisterns that you yourselves have not dug. And so the primary source of a cistern in the ancient world was to hold dead water, still water, water that was not moving or flowing. So what's so important about collecting this dead water in cisterns? In Israel, there's not enough water throughout the year to provide for the people. Rain primarily occurs between October and April. Additionally, the largest body of water in Israel is the Dead Sea, and you can't even drink that. So collecting water was of utmost importance for survival. And so what people would do is they try to redirect rainfall from anywhere they could and get it into cisterns. You could try to collect water from a mountainside, a hillside, even the roof of your house. Whatever you could do to get water into these cisterns was of utmost importance for survival. However, we all know what still water does. I mean, what happens to water that sits outside, especially for long amounts of time, maybe a few months? 
becomes stale, it becomes stagnant. Things start to grow in it, things land in it. And ultimately, who wants to drink this? I mean, you could if you had to, and you could boil it in order to stay alive, but no one would choose to drink this over fresh, flowing, cool, living water. In Hebrew, maim chayim, fresh, flowing, moving, cool water. Now remember, dead water is still, it's stagnant. Now this can be lost on the modern person because we just have access to water everywhere. If we're thirsty, we could just go to the fridge, go to a sink. It's like there's no issue with running out of water. But you, have you ever been maybe on a long jog or a long hike or been working out and you didn't drink enough water and you failed to bring enough water with you and you can just feel the thirst taking over you? And do you remember when you finally get to water, how precious and satisfying something as simple as water can be? We could lose sight of it, but water is, in of itself, when you are thirsty, precious and satisfying. Now take that same feeling and amplify that a thousand times. Because the ancient person didn't have a fridge, they didn't have ice, they didn't have access to cool water everywhere. And so living water, maim chayim, fresh flowing cool water, is absolutely precious. So imagine yourself walking and you're on mile 10 of a day's journey. You ran out of water yesterday afternoon. For the ancient person, this is life and death. Your thirst would increase and increase until your body would actually begin to warn you with pain. You're in imminent danger and mile after mile, you begin to lose hope. Then suddenly you see some green and green means water. And then you see it, a spring of living water. Maim Chaim. Living water is living because it's moving, but also because it gives you life. Now let's return to where we first began. Jesus encounters a woman at a well. Now there's three important pieces of context that will help tell the story of this woman. The first is she's a woman. Two, she's a Samaritan woman. And three, the time of day is noon. Now we need to look at each piece of context in order to fully understand what's going on. So the first issue, she's a woman. Not a big deal in the modern world, but in the world that Jesus lived in, for a respectable teacher, a respectable rabbi, to approach a single woman in public and begin to converse was taboo. It was not something that was respectable, it was a no-no. But Jesus breaks that barrier and begins to engage in conversation with this woman. Secondly, she's a Samaritan woman. Jesus is Jewish, and the story between Jews and Samaritans is not a good one. There is hatred, enmity, and animosity. There's a long history of rivalry. Roughly 100 years before the birth of Jesus, Jewish men went into the Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim and destroyed it. About a decade before Jesus was born, Samaritans desecrated the Jewish temple. They spread out bones all across the temple, including the Holy of Holies. This was an unclean act, an act of desecration. So there was violence between these two people, hatred between these two people. And Jesus just seems to put all of that aside. It doesn't matter your ethnic background. It doesn't matter that you're a woman. Jesus is going to talk with you. Third, Time of day is noon. 
Now we know from the historical sources that typically women would go in groups, not at noon, to get water. They typically went in the morning or the evening because it wasn't so hot. And so you went in the cool of the day and you went in groups for safety. Yet this woman, a Samaritan woman, goes alone. And as the interaction between Jesus and her continues, we find out the reason. She's been married five times and the man she's with now is not her husband. This would make her a sinful woman, an unclean woman, an adulterous woman in the eyes of the public. Now, most likely that's the furthest thing from the truth because women couldn't just up and leave their husbands and go from one person to another in the ancient world. This woman has probably been abandoned. She's probably been ashamed. She's been forgotten. And so she finds herself going from man to man just to survive. So she's a woman who's acquainted with grief, sorrow, and shame. And what is Jesus doing? He's breaking all of those barriers and talking with her. This is why in the Gospel of John chapter 4, she says, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? And listen to this. Listen how Jesus responds. John chapter 4 verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Maim Chaim. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is breaking the ethnic and gender barriers and talking this with this woman and he offers her what the God of Israel always offered to Israel alone. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 12 and 13, God says this, Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Essentially, God is telling his people, look, I am here and I am freely offering you living water. Mayim Chaim, it is here for you. But you instead are choosing to drink the dead water, the still water, the murky water from cisterns. Even worse than that, God says the cisterns you're seeking water from are cracked. They can't even hold water to begin with. And so when we wrestle with this passage, some questions should begin to rise to the surface. Are we turning to broken cisterns for our water? All the while, God is standing there freely offering living water. I mean, those choices are always before us. Living water or dead water. What will you choose? Life and death are before you. And you always have that choice. And so we have to answer those questions. What are we doing with our lives? Are we seeking after the living water or turning to the broken cisterns of this world? There was a controversial commercial a while back and I won't get all into it, but I'll, I'll skip to the ending because the ending had this line. And the commercial ended by saying this, life is short, play more Xbox. I mean, really? Life is short, play more Xbox? And 
you know, you're never going to encounter someone on their deathbed looking back on their life saying, oh, I wish I, I spent more time playing video games. And so in one sense, you could stand in pride. Like if you're not into video games, that's not your thing. You could be like, yes, that's foolish. You're wasting your time playing video games. You're not going to be on your deathbed wishing you played more. But, but replace Xbox with any other broken cistern. Replace it with something else. Life is short. Watch more Netflix. Life is short. Watch more movies. Life is short. Gossip more. Life is short. Drink more. Life is short. Tweet more. Gram more. Post more. Like, replace it. Pick your poison. There's plenty of broken cisterns to choose from. And the world is saying, that's the water. That's the water you need to drink. While God is standing saying, I freely offer you living waters. Maim Chaim. So what's it going to be? And so think about your life right now. Are there broken cisterns you're turning to? And if there are, name them, like right now. Take some time to say, what are the things in this world that I'm turning to to find satisfaction? What are they? Name them, articulate them. So what ultimately happened to the Samaritan woman at the well? She accepted the living waters that Jesus was offering. And she became the first female evangelist and sent back into her own community, the community that rejected her. And she then proclaimed the good news of the one who had accepted her. And so just like the Samaritan woman at the well, we need to choose this day and every day the living waters that our Savior freely offers.